Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Why were they so special? What made them special? We discussed some friends from known wretched of earth, 
groups of Mao, Sing Kung, uh, revolutionary communist leader of China, to get a feel for the lumpen proletarian. But speaking of the lumpen proletarian here or the lumpen here, which was the class beneath the working class whom um, uh, Marx referred to as the undesirables and um, in Wretched of the Earth and other writings and Mao Zedong Tung writings, he called them the triads, the gangs, and these people who uh, they say um, their occupation is a lot of times illicit activities, you know, to be playing dope dealers, drug dealers, prostitutes, gangbangers. These were who they were referring to as the lumpen proletariat. So it launched off into this program. Can street trials be effective? Niggas are unpolitical revolutionaries. Is there a potential there? Or is this some type of untapped source that could be used in our revolutionary struggle? And I know that the feelings are mixed on it. You know, as I travel around, you know, I'm traveling now, as I travel around and talk to a lot of people, and I'm blessed enough to be able to go through the various circles. You know, I deal with a lot of so-called street tribes, you know, and then I deal with these so-called revolutionary conscious enlightened ones. And the vibe is different. And what I think what's funny is you will see the disdain that they have in a lot of instances I talk to, the disdain that they have for one another. I have found that they have actually have a disdain for one another. A lot of the street brothers and sisters think that, um, for lack of, you know, um, lack of better words, that the so-called conscious community are uppity niggas. Niggas are uppity. And the so-called conscious community or enlightened community looks down upon the brothers and sisters in the streets or that lives that particular lifestyle saying that they're a detriment to the black struggle or that they do more harm than good to the black struggle. And I'm torn somewhere in between because I can see both views having been exposed at an early age to both sides of it. I can see why they would say that, you know, on both sides. I have seen coming, having been in the streets, having been a hustler, a gangbanger, for, you know, those people that know me, it is no secret about Yanga's old life that, man, I banged and banged hard, you know, and put in the work, did the time, the whole nine behind it. So, and I could see that when a lot of people came to talk to me, not knowing who I was or who my father was or the exposure that I had had to the conscious community or revolutionary ideology and philosophies, they would speak down, you know, they would put the, I think, put the the blame, which to a degree, they were right, but they would put so much of it squarely on the shoulders of us and not look at how society had created the conditions where street tribes came up, where gangs, that where it was effective for gangs to breed the conditions that made, um, the society had created conditions that made it bright, fertile for this type of grouping, for this type of organization, and the intentional and the intentional misdirection of the gangs or the street tribes. Because when I was coming up in the gangs, we band together. We were banding together to protect neighborhoods, a show of camaraderie, um, brotherhood. We were like a fraternity. I often used to tell the homies, and I still do, the, the, the ones that I work with, the difference between the fraternity and you is that they're educated. They go to college. 
you know, and then you'll have the fraternities and, you know, those on the line that belong to fraternities or sororities, this could be challenged. They're saying, no, we're not a criminal organization. Shit. Even in some of the instances, I beg to differ on that. You know, some of your activities aren't always legitimate and above board. And you know this. Hell, I think that there's an incident, um, I can't remember the young man's name, but not too long, and maybe only a couple months old, where a um, college student was killed in a hazing incident. And hazing is when they harass, and I guess it's their right of initiation to get into these fraternities and sororities. But this particular fraternity, fraternity had taken it so far that they had killed a man in their initiation rituals. You know, so this is the, to the extent that they will even go. But for whatever reason, I guess maybe because they're college students, that this is more tolerated. You know, they um, they have built up a tolerance for this type of behavior. You know, maybe because in the colleges they know they're grooming a lot of these young men and young women to be, I don't want to say puppets of society because I don't want to knock the school system. I don't want it to come off like Yanga has a problem with higher education. It isn't that. It is it isn't just because they get higher education. It's because of the direction that they begin to train these young men and women to go into with this higher education. It's never really, I don't think going back to the community, going back to help your people has ever really advocated for that, but that um, being a part of an oppressive system is the goal and the aims and objectives. But so we go back to the, so we go back to the game. So, uh, when I was coming up, this was the this was the goal. This was the objective. You know, we didn't boo boo where we lay our heads. We didn't shit where we lay our heads, as the old saying goes. We looked out for the hood. We looked out for one another. So, in a sense, we had that much. We were politicized to that extent of what was yesterday. Um, um the first day of Kwanzaa, Umoja. We was politicized enough to have unity. Things that I will say, and coming from me, you know, I'm. It used to belong to the Crips. So, you know, the, my a lot of my respect and, and admiration goes out to Raymond Washington, Jamil Barnes, uh, Stanley Tukey Williams, and specifically Raymond Washington for the ingenuity and the sure brilliance and charisma of this young man from South Central L.A. in 1968, 1970, 60, from 67 to 68, 69, or 70 in this area to form an organization that when you have years later in 2018, as we go into 2018, young men who have never seen this man speak reverence of his name, recite his name in prayers, or follow symbols and traditions that he had implemented. That's almost like a religion. What, what he, you know, in some instances, you could almost say he was a prophet. What's the difference between him and Jesus and Muhammad? You have the people emulating them to this day and mentioning their names and doing um, the ritual prayers and uh, positions is the same thing as in the gang. So it is a certain brilliance and a certain ingenious that accompanied these these people, Larry Hoover, Jeff Ford, Bobby Gornet, the founders of the, of, of the Lord, Bobby Gornet, you know, um, I'm forget the founder of the blood, but these founders, there's a certain genius that must have accompanied that for that legacy to continue to this day. So there is the ability, I believe, 
for them to be politicized, for the street tribes to be able to be politicized. But what has happened, what has happened, in my opinion, is when you had taken the leaders off the street, and not just those particular leaders, but when you begin to take the other people that fell under those leaders, the conscious ones, the ones that understood what that stood for, and in came in the 80s, and I'm, I'm a banger from the 80s. I remember the 80s era. A lot of these young gangbangers out here now, with it, I feel bad. I think this that's one of the things that really motivated me and inspired me to get out here and say, you know what, I better give back to my community because a lot of these young knuckleheads were following me. I'm 45. You know, I was doing this thing at 14 and 15, 16. I started at 10, you know, 14 and 15. I'm what they call a, a damn triple OG. You know, going into my triple OGs. I'm a double OG. So a lot of the homies we seen following us, you know what I'm saying? And but what has happened is now that it has gotten so out of hand and with the thing of crack we started to see when materialism was placed in and by materialism I'm talking about when they begin to put the crack cocaine in the community, when we begin to touch when you begin to have impoverished people, people who lived below the poverty level, touch a little bit of money, we lost our mind. And then begin to split the unity. We begin to fracture. Once we begin to sell poison to the community, you know, we begin to um, then begin to, once we begin to sell the poison, the community became immune to hurting our own through the distribution of certain poisons. It became easier to look at other black men and black women as not just rival gangs, but as enemy combatants worthy of death. Over money, we can say it's about the set. We can say I challenge the young brothers, or the young sisters, or these brothers and sisters in street tribes right now to come in and to refute what I'm saying. Listen, when we say niggas are unpolitical revolutionaries, I'm gonna be real, keep it real. Y'all niggas fuck the game up. Y'all niggas done fucked the game up. Y'all blew it. There's no sense of direction. This is why I think that they we went from having the potential to be revolutionary soldiers in it to being a bunch of niggas. Because there's no sense of direction. There's no goals. There's no vision other than overpowering or outnumbering a so-called rival paper, you will go to any and all extremes. You're not even true to your code of conduct and constitutions that you held for. You became cliques that begin to be splinter cutoffs. And a lot of this is not just, and like I said, it's due to government intervention. The incarceration of the leaders, I know that we have to lock up, you know, what the, what the society says, lock up the leaders. Kill the head, the body dies. They're absolutely right because when they locked up the leaders and locked up the enforcers, you young niggas got out of line. It was nobody. It was no longer a check session on you. You begin to take the what were sacred writings. You begin to take things that actually were founded, specific reasons. And majority of the reasons, when you look in your literature or you look in your knowledge or you look in your code of conduct, we had a crypt code of conduct. 
the Crip Constitution, when you begin to look into these things and examine these things from the original, not this bullshit that they're doing today, but from the original, you will begin to see why these institutions were founded. I can't speak for a lot of the institutions, but for one, I can say for the Crip, when it was community revolution and progress, or community representing independent people, when the Constitution was written by Kunjufu. And I'm not going to go into it because I ain't going to have Crips mad at me. Yo, you spend all the knowledge out there who wrote the Constitution, bro. Chill out, good. So I'm not going to put all the little homies, I'm not going to put all Rip Riders Nations, the business out there, but a reminder to why particular things had taken place. And I'm sure it was the same for our brothers, for the gangster disciples and the black gangster disciples and the lords and the bloods. I think one blood brother told me it was brotherly love overcoming oppression and obstacles in destructive society or something. It was this real, very eloquent, very revolutionary, very self-determinist pact understanding of what blood meant and the understanding of, like he said, like the brother told me, when I call that cat my blood. See, it's become a fad or a trend now. A lot of you Negroes are YouTube gangbangers. You have taken the revolutionary and the political out of it and have just become a nigger that has found a clique to belong to to give you a sense of self-worth, of identity. You know, listen, I know that there are people upset about about what I'm saying. But I have the right to say it as one who has put in work, as one who has paid dues, as one who has seen the not just the particular nation that I belong to, the particular institutional organization, gang, whatever they're calling it, that I belong to go down the tubes and become an uh, organization of bandits and pirates. But I'm talking about all organizations across the board that I have seen become an organization of bandits and pirates. Across the board, the true intentions and meaning of what they were founded for have been lost. And a lot of, I think, what surprised me the most is when we found a lot of the older brothers, a lot of the chiefs, a lot of the kings, a lot of the OGs and double OGs coming home from penitentiary, those that have been locked away and that know better what they were, the concepts that they were founded on, and to not just the concepts that they were founded on, but that their understanding had evolved due to their studies of being incarcerated in other places where they had time to think and contemplate and see the direction that they wanted to go into, succumb to and be seduced by the perversity and the sicknesses that the young niggas was putting on them. They weak. Why these chiefs, kings, and OGs are weak as hell. They've allowed the young people to take them and to get them to go along with the direction that these institutions have taken. And why have they done it? Some of them have done it out of sure fear. Some of them have done it out of egotism and narcissism, being narcissists, meaning they want to be puffed up. They like these young brothers and young sisters bigging them up. King so-and-so, OG, being homie. And some of them have done it because they are manipulators, greedy, and have sold their souls. 
they do the institution a disservice. And at the same time doing the institution a disservice, do a service to a society and to a system that is outright trying to destroy the black male and the black female, black people in general. They're working for the enemy. And now we see what we see now, like I said, we see, we want to show a lot of the revolutionary, a lot of the conscious community, a lot of the so-called enlightened brothers and sisters are wondering if it is a lost cause. They tell me, Yang, it's a lost cause. Why are you wasting your breath with them Negroes? You still out there talking to Crips? You still out there talking to Lords? You still out there trying to build with GDs? You still out there with Bloods? It's a lost cause. Because it's still pimping and pandering. It's hilarious. I tell you, I, I, I get on I look on the Facebook and I watch the beef back and forth and the going back and forth and it's all because there's no clear direction. You don't know what you want to do. You just want to belong. And you don't even know why you want to belong. You don't know why you want to belong and what you want to belong to what you can contribute to it. We have fallen into the mode of being sheep. We're cool with being ushered around and pulled around by our noses because somebody that you've been told has a certain position has given you an order. I'm from the old school. My big homies would never ask us to do anything that they wouldn't do, and they would have proven themselves time and time again. They wasn't, it wasn't one sucker that could come and point out you an OG, you a big homie. They worked for those positions. And it wasn't just because they worked for those positions because they were the best fighters, because they could kill someone, because they could murder and maim and rape and rob and pillage and destroy. That didn't give them the position when I was coming up. And I'm an old head. Like I said, double OG, 45, they earned those positions because they had earned the trust of the home and believed in the vision that they had for the nation or for the organization because the betterment of the organization meant the betterment of the people and the individual. The betterment of the people and the betterment of the individual. Like I told you when they told me, Crippman Community Revolution in Progress or Community Representing Independent People, the community is made up of people, of independent people, and an independent person is a person that is self-sufficient and a person that doesn't have to rely on anything outside of themselves and people who believe as they believe and perceive as they perceive and want the same things that they want out of life. Can you say that now? I issued a challenge out to all the homies, despite whatever nation or organization. My challenge was explain to me why now your particular organization is useful for the community, for the African community here in America, or is good for black people, your so-called street tribe, um, and what they have commonly referred to you as gangs. Why is that still useful and needed in the black community? Or should us as revolutionaries put you niggas on the enemy list? You see, time for we're going into 2018, time for straddling the goddamn fence is over. Either you're with us or you're against us. And those of you 
that is the institutions and the organizations that are for enlightenment, that are for betterment, empowerment, uplifting of a people, then it's time for you to check them niggas in your organization. Stop being a punk ass. Stop being afraid and frightened to stand up for what's right and exact. It's easier, though, to get with your clique, knowing that this Negro, knowing that this Negress, this this black man and this black woman mean no good and their intentions are impure and they can point out and have you to have hatred for a nigga with another color on, though that might be a brother that's right and exact. He may be doing the best things in his community. He may have children that he's feeding, a wife that he loves, family that he's taking care of, elderly in his community, community servicing, but because he lives in another hood or has an affiliation with another organization, you'll roll with a wicked nigga and kill a righteous man because you're blind and following. That has what has happened now with the so-called organization. It's not breeding men. It's not breeding women. It's not breeding and elevating and teaching these men and women to step into leadership roles. It's creating a bunch of faggot-ass followers. That's why the title was nigger or unpoliticized revolutionary. Is the potential still there? I would love to believe that it is, knowing what I came up from. And those of you that know me know what I came from, know my background, and those that you know me really know what type of nigga I was. And where I got today, I won't just say I can't just attribute to the learning and the studying and the many great mentors I have had through revolutionary understanding and philosophy and principle, I have to attribute my big homie, OG Knockoff, old man, sidekick, the big homie Pitbull, my little homie, my ace one knuckles, all them dudes I ran the street with that told me, that showed me, and encouraged me not to just speak about being a man, but what manhood to our understanding really meant about being responsible, about your word, about your word. We were so serious that when we swore on our set, I swore on our nation, that word was born. You could take it to the bank. We wouldn't even dream or dare lying on what we believed in because that was the key word, what we believed in. We believed that this would not only change me, this just what my clique, it would change the world. Our intentions was to change the world. I want to see blue world, blue pearl. I'm not going to bullshit you. Because I believe in the Constitution. I believe in the concept. I believe in the code of conduct. I believe that if everyone lived like this, we could live in peace. The community would be in harmony. Nobody would be hurt. It would be all be good. And my fight wasn't a fight against someone with a particular color on. My fight was against any Negro or any black woman, or any child that thought that they were going to come in the neighborhood that we lived in and our people lived in, and that they were going to be a bandit, be a pirate, do some type of wickedness, or some, and create devastation, or unstabilize, or destabilize the community that we lived in, to do that in our, in, in our community. We didn't play that. We were G's for real. We understood the concept of G, what it meant to be a gangster, what it meant to be a G. Our G wasn't gangster. 
That's what your G is, gangster? No, IG was God, govern, and grow. When you guard something, you're benevolent. You're all-knowing. You love, you bring life to, you guard that thing. To make sure that rules were followed and carried out, that everything was right and exact. You would govern that hood and you would grow. You would grow that hood. You would bring prosperity. You would bring life. You would bring success. We God govern and grow. You Negroes and got it to where it's gangster and defied. And, and now you have this distorted, perverted sense of what a gangster is. Sick and twisted. You're back and forth. You're towing the line, straddling the fence. You're really a coward and a punk. You need numbers. And your numbers don't mean shit. Because all of you, when you're in those numbers like that, with no set beliefs, are bitch made. And when the time, when it hits the fan, you will tell on one another. For the right money, you will set one another. For the right amount, you will set one another. You will kill one another. Are you still vital and useful for our advancement and struggle as African people empowerment? Or should we put you on the list, get rid of you bitch-made niggas? Are y'all getting in the way of real men, real women, stepping up, moving to the next level? I'm not knocking those homies that's in the organization that's repping. But I am knocking you if you're in that organization and you with a bitch-made brother or a bitch-made sister and you're not correcting them. And correcting them doesn't always necessarily mean putting your hands on them. But if you're not nurturing them, if you're not going back to the old ways of nurturing and loving and caring, of showing them what it's about, guiding them through life. See, when I came up and I was banging, it wasn't about going out and jumping on somebody. They guided me through life, through my adolescence, through the questions I had. There, they were mentors. No, they didn't always offer the best advice, but they gave me the best of what they had from what society gave them or gave us. We understood why we did what we did. We understood why we band together, why we stuck together, why it was us against the world. Because we knew the direction we wanted to go. What is your reason? Your greed. Some of you in it for the money. There ain't no real money in it. Niggas ain't bangers. I right, listen, listen. And I know this is a tirade. There again, man, this is Thursday. This is the form. This is real talk. Tuesdays is for political education. I'm rapping to you niggas today. If you can't stand it, Get off my phone line. Catch me on Tuesday. Today I'm talking to my people. I need to holler at you because you're on some bullshit. So we need to talk. Let me go to the phone lines real quick. Take this breather. 470 1444. What's up? Nephew. What's up, man? Man, what's up, man? You know what I'm saying? Hey, man, I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with everything, man. It it didn't come down to man. I'm serious, man. If your homies can't pimp you, man, you know they won't eat you. That's just what it yeah. is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know, yeah. from from behind the wall, of course, my perspective is totally different. I know that. You know what I'm saying? I know. Listen, I see the growth, nephew. Let me tell you something. 
And I don't know if them brothers in there behind the wall know how much you change. Them niggas don't know. They in there with a monster, nigga. I was on the street with you, brother. I remember they were calling me to come get you, man. Come get your nephew. He up here doing X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, and X, Y, Z. Hey, hey, you they, know. They, they, but you know, I, I, I give it off, though. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody playing with me. Ain't nobody playing with bread, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They ain't playing yeah. with You know, I give but it off. You, know, you know. Yeah, but I'm glad your perspective changed as you came in there one way. Dealing with the different brothers and everything as we talk, and when you and I have these opportunities of talking even off the line, I see how that compassion has extended and expanded past the borderlines of any set, any nation. You start to begin to understand the commonality of a black struggle and that our organizations or our street tribes or our institutions are just ways that we express our struggle and fight the system. You know what I'm saying? That's what these brothers are forgetting, man. Your institution, I tell them, you know, when I'm out here working with the homies, I'm not knocking you for being blood, blood. I'm not knocking you for being cuz, cuz. Folks, people, people, whatever. But I'm saying if that institution is not an expression or not an instrument or a tool to shake off the shackles of oppression, if it isn't something that you use as a way to show the world that you will not roll over and die, but it's an instrument of destruction for your people, use a nigga, and I'm trying to figure out, do I put your ass in enemy category or somebody yeah. that I can work with? Time is short, and I ain't going to keep dealing with you niggas. Well, you know it is Thursday. You know, it ain't Tuesday. It's Thursday, right? It's, it's Thursday. It's free, hey, it's free fall Thursday. This is the fall. Hey, man, listen. Hey, get what I tell them now. Yeah. If you ain't rolling, hey, man, if you ain't rolling with the way, man, you know, you the enemy, man. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, whatever that means to you. You know what I'm saying? That's just what it is, you know. Cause yeah. you know, in this in this this environment has enhanced my uh my, my sight, man. I can really, I really see. You know what I'm saying? You got to realize, you know, being around all these people, you know, even though you know your environment might be static, it's not changing. But but your social interaction, your social interaction is just like going a thousand miles a minute. Because you're dealing with all these people you wouldn't deal with, period, on the street. Right. So, right. you know, so you having to get used to certain things, hear certain things, seeing certain things, you know what I'm saying? You know, so it's like yeah. you're dealing with you, you're a bunch of people who you wouldn't even, you've never been around. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've never been around a motherfucker who, 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 who work fields and, and, and stuff like that, like, you know what yeah. I'm saying, like you know, but but you know, but but here we are. <laughs> you you know what I'm right. saying, you know. So it's like it's like and it's social interaction, and it's it, an it, opportunity. It, so it develops you super fast. Yeah, it develops you, and it's an opportunity to learn. When you're in there, you'll never be as close to members of other organizations and street tribes or institutions, whatever we call them, gangs. You'll never be that close to them again without it necessarily resulting in some type of conflict. It's an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to find out what we have in common. And here's the, here's the crazy thing. When I started building with the various um, people in street tribes, I found out that the core building stone, that the core stone, that the cornerstone of all our organizations were the same. It was about to end. Oh, yeah. It was about ending the oppression and the exploitation of your people. That and was you the, know the, the key thing. Was. And I'm going to tell you, you know, in here, you know, 
ain't, I ain't, I ain't got no belongings. You know what I'm saying? I'm rolling. Yeah. That's just what it is. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. I'm an outlaw. I'm a rebel, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, so I fly. I fly. I fly a party flag. Yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, right you know, uh, uh, actively. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, active. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's, yeah. And, yeah. That's the and, and hard and hard about it. You know what I'm saying? And hard about it. Man, that's what it is. Listen, the Panthers is the hardest institution out there. The real Panthers. Shouts out to those real Panthers out there, the Vanguards and all of those brothers and sisters that's representing that cap for real, man. That's this is you know yeah. from Yang Soul, man. Shouts out. Keep the good work up. Because in our formations, you will find the various gangs or the various street tribe members who have all said, you know what, yeah, this is my, this was my rites of passage. This is the tribe that I belong to. But at the same time, I understand that I belong to a bigger gang, and that gang being called the black race. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that I will use these skills and abilities that I learned from my tribe and mm-hmm. contribute those or donate these these specialties, these abilities for the advancement of the black race. I'm trying to figure out what these Negroes are trying to do that get in here that are still trying to use that to pimp the unsuspected. You know, I hate to see these young brothers, man. And one of the reasons I started this show, I had a young brother that I worked with in my Liberating Young Mind programs. Little blood homie, man. Little, little cool little dude. And he came in. He didn't want to tell me he was a blood at first. But I had to pull him to the side. I said, look here, blood. You know what I'm saying? You ain't running nothing on me. Wolf to wolf. I recognize your swag. I done been in this game too long. I know I know you banging. If you ain't banging, I know you in a gang and I know you blood. And trying to rap to him and be real with him and offering someone he come talk to, the little homie that got caught up in a murder charge. Bro, oh, damn. He's caught up in a murder. I don't know if he did it. You know, the word is he may not have actually done it, but just with some fools that did it. Now I'm asking him, you facing a life sentence, is what you did it for worth it? What was the cause? Because a nigga walked through your hood because he had another color on? Because he dressed you by another uh, um, epithet? Because he called you cuz or folk or peoples or whatever because he didn't call you blood? His way of expressing endearment? You see what I'm saying? We have to get off of the And what ends up happening is you have these old heads that come along and they pimp that. They get these young brothers who are fascinated by the videos. See, this devil that we're dealing with is tricky. He understood that the nature of the African man and woman is tribal. We're tribal people. When you came and captured us, we were part of the tribe, the Fulani, the Shante, the uh, um, Zulu, Mandinka, whatever we were, we were part of tribes. And we came over here, and in this subculture, we began to create tribes. You see what I'm saying? And now what this devil has done, he understands the very nature of the black man being that. So he says, let us propagate the tribalism, but change the direction. So they allow us to get on the videos and throw up the gang signs, to wear the colors, to speak the yeah. lingo, to do the dances. They but encourage. the direction the same. They've changed the direction of it. And that's the whole, that's the whole thing that I'm questioning. And that I'm challenging, and I'm challenging the old heads, or not even just the old heads, those brothers and sisters that's in the know to begin to be an effective change in their communities, starting right there with the tribes that they belong to. Or like I said, the other question is, should we write you off? 
You know, should we yeah. write you off? Because am I in danger of you? That should, if I live in any neighborhood, blood, crib, decide whatever neighborhood, if I'm living in that neighborhood and that organization is run efficiently and properly, then that neighborhood, me living there as a black person, should never be in fear of danger of my life in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's a damn shame mm-hmm. when you begin to perpetrate crimes and feed off the very neighborhood that you live in. Everybody mm-hmm. knows the basic rule of what they say, don't shit where you lay your head. You know, now we got to watch the young brothers on the corner. But listen, man, I got the, I, I, I got the rapping and stuff like that, and I cut you off. What was you saying, nephew? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm. Hey, you know we we ride, but uh, one thing about it, when these from the core now, when these people hear what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. they know it's the truth. Can't deny it. Yeah. Can't deny it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You know, you you know, I tell them what it is. You know, I'm real cool. A lot of people like to kick it with me. If you keep hanging around, I'm gonna put this black power on your ass. You Thank know you. what I'm saying? It 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 don't it don't hey, it don't change. We get to smoking, and here I come. I'm finna. Hey, <laughs> 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 and, and here I come. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I don't I don't I don't get a lot of rejection. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get no rejection, man. Especially, especially when in real people when you be around real people. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, you know, they, they, they embrace. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they shot him at home. Oh, oh yeah, oh, oh, okay. oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? They get this spin off in their food or, or, or whatever, however, and it be, and it be on that level. And I said that to say this. When the time comes, it's it's it's, it's, it's 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 a lot more. You know, they just they just like like I was saying on Tuesday. You know, these brothers they just gonna stay with they they gonna they gonna keep their identity. They gonna they gonna keep they their go- identity. Yeah, you know yeah. you know what I'm saying. They, they gonna they gonna yeah. keep their identity. But guess what? They'd be on the, they'd be in the same car. Yeah, they'd be in the exact same yeah. car with you. You know what I'm saying? But this late in the yeah. game, you know, the, the change we're not going to see, it's not going to be everybody going to be uh, showing up with their patches and, and their jackets and their parades on. It's not going to be like that. I, I don't think it'll yeah. be like that. It'll be more of a, 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 a how do you call it, an ally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It'll be more like, yeah. it'll be more like a, a one big alliance. For a cause, it, it, I don't think it'll be everybody putting on the same shirt. No, you know and, what I'm and saying. It's not. And it shouldn't be. And it shouldn't be. See, you know, to step up, you know, like I tell people, and I get people that want to join the People's Black Panther Party all the time. But there's a process to be a Panther. It doesn't mean you can't be. Like I tell them, even if your application isn't accepted, if you can't make your 90 days, it doesn't mean that you can't be conscious and active in your community doing what's right for African people here in America. That isn't what it means. It just means, like any organization, I tell them, like, you belong to organizations. You had to go through your initiation. You had to learn your shit. You had to learn your sets and everything like that. The Panther is the same thing. We're looking for a certain type. When you rock that cat, 
it's a whole nother shebang. When I started rocking that yeah. cat and became a Black Panther and an active Black Panther, there were certain things that I had to pledge to. There were certain um, codes of conduct and certain behavior that I said that I would do to ensure the survival and the empowerment of black people here in America. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that's what we're telling you. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have some people, like you said, that don't are not ready for that level of commitment. And I'm not mad at that. But what I am saying is, even if you can't commit to the organization of the Black Panther Party, you have to commit. It isn't even up for discussion. You have to commit to the salvation and the well-being of black people. If not, you're a motherfucking enemy. Mm-hmm. Shit, is that mm-hmm. simple? You're a motherfucking mm-hmm. enemy. You're Ain't no two ways about way. it. You in, the, you in the way, dog. You in the way. And if that organization you belong to is not committing to that, then I'm saying that us as Panthers, it's time for us to stop tiptoeing around the goddamn tulips, stop playing games with these brothers and sisters, and say, look, mm-hmm. man, we, mm-hmm. don't, I, we don't advocate harming African people. We don't advocate destroying black people. But at the same mm-hmm. time, we will defend ourselves and our community and our people from any and all enemies, foreign or domestic. That means mm-hmm. from the outsiders, from people that aren't us, and even from you suck-ass niggas who look like us. We will defend our people against that. That's not what we want to do. We want you to come over. You ain't got to, like you said, not put on the beret, the patch, nor the butt. You do have to be a contributing, productive member of the black society. That's the point that that we make. I don't advocate drug dealing. I don't don't advocate drug dealing. I won't get on here and say, you know what, go out there and sell drugs. Go out there and do you. I don't advocate that. I say this, though. You out there selling that poison to the people, man, yo, you got to kick back. You got to mm-hmm. kick back. You can't get mm-hmm. rich off the people and then turn around, take out of the black community, and then come in and murder, maim, rob, kill, and destroy the black community. You just not going mm-hmm. to be that nigga in our community. And eventually, mm-hmm. we want to get to the point where we're providing an option why people don't have to resort to those type of things to feed their babies or, or, or for whatever reason that they think they have to have the money for. But in the meantime, in between time, oh, you're going to contribute. Yeah. You're going to do something for the black community. See, there's no sense of obligation and responsibility to our people to emulate and and imitate our image. We want to get the money. We want to flex. We want to ball. How you want to be the big man how you want to think you have all the money and come in an impoverished community, come in a community that's below the poverty level, so-called flexion, nigga? You ain't done nothing. It's easy to show off to hungry people. It don't take a steak. You can come in there with a box of crackers and you and you will come up. When you come to <laughs> yeah, people yeah. that don't have anything, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That don't impress me. That doesn't impress me. But what it does do to the, the people at the same time that you're exploiting the people, you're sending out the wrong message to our youth, to the next generation coming up. If you're selling that poison, you're doing your thing, this and that, you should hate it. You should be, if you're doing that and have to do that, it should be geared towards creating institutions and avenues so that the next generation doesn't have to follow in that footsteps. We do the dumb shit so our next people don't have to, so the generation after us doesn't have to. I don't want to see my sons repeat the same mistake that I repeated, then what was the whole purpose 
of my life, my life experience. If my boys and people that are close to me can't mm. benefit, you know, from my life experiences, they were a waste. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the whole, that's what we're talking about. I want to know what direction these so-called street tribes are going in. What's their aims? What's their objectives? What's their long-term vision? Do they have any focus? Why are our young men and young women still gravitating so heavily towards these institutions that seem to be, from all appearances, from just when looking at them, seem to be aimless? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Accountability. But the only way to, for there to be accountability is that we have to hold them to accountability. You know, we have to hold them to some accountability. You can't say, I'll stop snitching, stop calling the police, but you terrorizing the community. you not the police. You tell the old lady, you ready to kill the old lady, <laughs> burn the old lady's house down because she called the police, but you a terror in the neighborhood. Yeah. You're not the police. She don't feel safe with you around. When I was coming up doing my thing, the hood didn't fear us. Not our hood. You know what I'm saying? Our hood didn't fear us coming because they knew this is where not only we laid our heads, but the people there had raised us. They fed us. They advised us. They gave us shelter when there was no shelter. We had a connection with them, and we band together to keep outside influences from coming in and causing mayhem and mischief and, and, and devastation to our neighborhoods. That's why we banded together. That's why we said, you know what, we're going to click up. We'll keep them niggas from coming over here thinking they're going to do anything. Now it's just lawlessness. It's just yeah. roving bands of marauders. Under institutional names And the founders of these institutions I'm sure are either rolling over In their grave or in prison Shaking their heads This is why a lot oh, yeah. of these leaders Couldn't get out Stanley Tukey Williams Yeah he did some dirt He did some dirt And I'm not going to front The big homie OG Tukey He did some dirt Rest in peace No doubt But towards the end of his life To reflect When he reflected upon life And understood the changes that need to be made. This man was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Nominated mm. for a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. You feel me? So they good, really right? had to execute. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't move up his execution date because of that. Because when you have that change of heart, change of mind, like Imam Malik or formerly known as Jeff Ford from the Almighty El Wookin Nation or um, Chairman Larry Hoover, from the growth and development, formerly known as Gangs and Disciples, when you have this change of heart and change of mind like that, and you have these, you have masses of people following you, revering you, honoring you, hanging on to your words, it scares the system. See, they'll let you out if you're a nigga. They still wouldn't have Chairman Hoover in there, Jeff Ford in there, Imam Malik in there, and if they were still on some nigga mess, they'd been let them out. Yeah. They'd know they'd come they'd right back They'd be on the street. Yeah. Yeah, they'd be on the street. But when you've been enlightened and you've elevated to a certain standard and a certain understanding of the condition of your people and what it takes to begin to move, remove your people from that plight, and you got the numbers 
to actually affect a societal change to bring about a change in this, not just in the system, but in the social cultural experience of uh, predominantly black people here in America, it frightens them, frightens them. And what you have are these perpetrating-ass niggas. You have these perpetrating-ass niggas who are using their names and exploiting a lot of the younger, weaker, misinformed uh, members of black society. And that's what I'm mm-hmm. saying, that those of us in the know have to speak against, have to rail against, have to check these niggas on, and we have to ask them, make your damn position clear, nigga. Are you with us or are you not with us? Point blank. We don't have time to keep playing with you. We're going into 2018. We got a fascist president that's crazy as hell. Society's crazy. Laws are crazy. They put Negroes under penitentiary. They murdering us. Unarmed, murdering us and walking. We don't have mm-hmm. time to be dealing with you niggas that are confused and think that after being subjugated to this or subjected to this type of treatment from a clear enemy, you think we got time to be dealing with some niggas that hate us too? Hmm. Nobody got time for that. Nephew, let me go to my phone lines real quick. I see, not unless you have right. something you want to say real quick. All right, I'm going to go to the phone lines. Area code 678. Five zero zero seven. Your mic is open. Peace and blessings to the most to uh, Lord calling in from Atlanta, Georgia. Represent for Lord the Almighty Vice Lord Society. How you doing, brothers? Man, I'm good, man. It's an honor. Listen, it's an honor to have you on. Tell the brothers for the my listening audience don't know this is Lord Morris, uh national spokesman for the Almighty Vice Lord Society out of Atlanta, Georgia. Man, it's an honor to have you on, brother, man. Your mic's open. I appreciate that, brother. I didn't get too much to, uh, to get in the drawing just now leaving. Um, Kwanzaa was out here with the brother, Dr. Umar, and I ain't really had to hear what he had to say, but I'm just on here just to tell brothers that it's not about, you know, these organizations. It's really about the culture that we have to change for our race. And it's just us as the black people, we really, I mean, we really got to step beyond ourselves when we're talking about these colors and our groups and everything, because we all still black. We all still brothers. And I really think we forgot about the people nation. You know, I understand the got folk nation and whatever, whatever, you know, the people do to divide us, but we are the nation. We are the original people, the Asiatic, the original Hebrew, whatever names or schisms you want to put on it. But we are the people. What are we doing for each other? What are we doing to make ourselves independent? And separating mm-hmm. ourselves and using these different leaders to, you know, organize. But are we really organizing this for the whole or are we just organizing this for a set? Because that's what the crackers do. They got the European, uh, Euro, uh, what we call federation or whatever. But at the end of the day, they care about their race. They don't give a damn. As long as they know that we down, they, they arrive with each other. We should be the same way. Why are we not grouping together to shut down the system? system been going on for thousands, hundreds of years. We have all the knowledge. We have enough entities. We have enough farmers. We have enough people who have the skills to build a nation. Why are we still piggybacking off the cracker? I really don't get it. I talk to my leaders, and my leaders tell me because we have to separate. And nobody really wants, nobody has drawn out their plan of how we should separate. 
So if y'all folks can come up with a plan for me to get my brother, to help get these other brothers, get along on the same path, let's separate. That's the only way we're going to have an organization. We can't have an organization within the America. We can't have an organization within Africa. Because these people have put these names on them. We haven't named these places. We have names for all the shit we made. They changed the names. They changed everything else. We need to make everything brand new for us. That's just about all I got to say. I'm going to love all y'all. I appreciate y'all coming on, keeping this conscious work going. Everybody who's listening, please continue to listen. Call in, give your views. I'm just tired of the separation. We've got to come together one way. All this blood crisp. No, we brothers. I don't care what color you rock. We brothers, we sisters. And start thinking with that mindset. Then we can go on to organize how we're going to separate about it. That's right. That's right. And, I, man, I appreciate that, Louis Moray. Really, man, on some real stuff. Because one of the, you know, um, and I got to send props out. I, I got to definitely send props out, and I hope this doesn't cause a stare amongst the people nation. But I got to send props out to the Almighty Vice Lord Society. Um, and one of, the, one of the main founders, one of my, you know, closest friends, comrades for years, we go back 10 years plus, is uh, the Honorable Chief Sanjata Keita Kamora, who took this vision on at great peril to himself and to his life and livelihood that the brother saw a need that we must begin to develop an African consciousness, that we have to get past these colors and these sets and these titles and begin to work together and knew that he belonged to a certain fraternity, a certain tribe that possessed a certain understanding. So went to brothers of that same mindset and um, begin to infuse this understanding and the turnout is astounding. Lord Samori being one of one of my, you know, close man, one of my close peoples, man. Um, definitely K Bar, one of my other peoples and so many other peoples. If I forgot your name and that man, then um Brother Yanga, your boy Yanga definitely apologizes. But to see the change that is coming about and like I said, not at great peril, not it's not this doesn't come without a cost. He's lost friends behind it. He's lost cool people, his name has been slandered. He's been misunderstood and misquoted behind it. But the call for unity amongst black people, African people here in America, was greater than so-called socialization or um, the need for some type of unity. Even my man, Louis Samore, you know what I'm saying? He and I close, he's went through some things in his transition and in his growth. And this is what we're saying. We're saying that if you're in these nations and these institutions and these organizations and these tribes or gangs or whatever, the title the people putting on them, that, and you're saying that these are your tribes you belong to, then you must step up and be, take responsibility and accountability to begin to try to affect the change. I just put your um, mic on. I put you, you and nephew, I put your mics on mute if you want to get back in. Hit one to take it off and press one to come back in again. I just did that for um, sound value. So we're saying that these are the ways that we have to have to step up. We have to be accountable. We have to be accountable. We have to ask where our allegiance and where our loyalty lies to. Too many times now we're having blind devotion and blind loyalty to some bullshit. And you brothers and sisters know it be some bullshit. You know it be some bullshit. But we become cowardly, either due to the fear of being ostracized and isolated or ridiculed or talked about, and in some instances, and rightly so, I mean, I can understand it, fear of your life. But if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. I'd rather 
I'd rather have my life threatened and possibly even killed for standing up for the right thing than being, because death is inevitable, to die and sit here and watch my community go to hell and be terrorized by a bunch of punk motherfuckers and misguided brothers and sisters. Let's go back to our phone line, area code 404-7765. Your mic is open. What's good, Brian? What's good, Sister Kim? I'm good. Um, uh, I forgot you want everybody to introduce themselves. I'm calling from Atlanta, Georgia, the chairwoman of Third Generation Panthers. And I'm listening to what your last caller said. A lot of people mistake independent and individualism, and they don't put them together. Mm-hmm. Of course, we need to have certain things as far as independence, but I think we've had enough independence and individualists are building units, solid units that is bringing things to the table that will be beneficial in order for us to move towards the changes that we need to make amongst ourselves to build an organization of people that's building the nation. The first thing, you know, that I want to touch bases on, we got a problem with cleaning up the street. We sit up and talk about, you know, like you said, drug activity and prostitution and all this whole other stuff, but there's so many different things that's on a larger scale that's affiliated with the governmental system that we can tear down to stop the small things that is destroying our communities. We talk about drug um, affiliation and drug sales, but we need to talk about pharmaceuticals. We need to talk about the people that's bringing the narcotics across here and um, contaminating these narcotics and taking them from doing what they should be doing, being natural herbals that's healing people and turning them into destructive um, um, destructive medications. Another thing, we got to stop supporting all these different brothers. You know, I'm down here, too, with Umar Johnson. And it saddens me that for years the brother has been collecting funds and he speaks a really good game, but those are the type of people that, I mean, we need to clean the streets up with. But I don't see any type of participation or any type of motivation when it comes to black people. I hear him talk a good game to collect funding, but I don't see where $2.5 million has reached the communities. And if he's still saving to build a school, we could have bought about 50,000 libraries with that money by now. So I'm just saying, until we start focusing more on putting these leaders in place and idolizing certain techniques that they're using, we need to pay attention to the things that we could be doing as a whole. You know, like, <clears throat> we could have collected a lot of books by now. Everybody has history or some type of information or departments that they work in that's critical. The first thing to start in a unit is being able to build all of our information departments in order for us to be able to, you know, strategically come up with programs that would change that has happened in the past, not change the past, but the things that happened in the past that are still current, police brutality, the murdering of a bunch of our children, human trafficking. I mean, we got to get out of the 50s and 60s. The drugs, the government, the voting, all of that stuff, that's a bunch of bullshit. We're on a bigger scale right now. We got people dying out here, kids coming up missing 10 to 1. In Atlanta just alone last year, 6,000 children are gone. We worrying about damn drug activity. 
and certain things about these people with these damn political aspects that they're using to get recognition. But we got 6,000 kids that's missing in Atlanta, Georgia, and most of them has been harvested off either to slave trade or human trafficking and or for their organs. We have a lot of brothers and sisters that has died, and I'm going to be very brief because I appreciate you letting me speak. Out here in the streets, according to the things that is being brought into the system by the government, drug activity, food, shelter, all of those things need to be completely torn down and we need to reconstruct. Until someone starts nurturing the earth and everything that's in it, I don't care what we come up with or what type of unit we build, they're still killing us off because we're still getting everything that we need from those systems. So those are just some of the things that I wanted to say, you know, in my opinion, that we need to be raising an eyebrow on, you know, Donald Trump just passed a bill. That bill needs to be really, really paid attention to by the leaders that we have out here today. The first thing that he put in there that anybody has been violated according to human rights in the international or national globe or even locally from government officials and all other types of individuals, then we are to come together as a whole and petition the government in order to remove these state officials and or international officials that are hindering us from being able to, you know, use common law versus their law. So I just wanted to, you know, touch bases on that. You know, if y'all want to look up that bill, it was passed on December 21st, 2017. So there are some doors open for us to be able to make change. Human rights is important, and I think that we focus more on that instead of talking about black power because black is not a title. Black has no land. Black has no descendants, so we got to get out of that. And until we pay attention to those things, we're going to continue to recycle back to the same system. I really appreciate you letting me speak, and I don't want to take up all of your time. And thank you and shout out the People's Party for continuing to do their job. Power to all people. Power to power to all the press people, uh, and definitely we. I definitely appreciate that. You know, and I and 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 I hear Donald Trump. You know, President Trump, but man, the hell with President Trump. He's phony. You know, I, I agree with you. I, you know, Malcolm told us that our rights was a human rights struggle, this and that, but shit. This is the same cracker that wants to put, wants to move the American embassy to Jerusalem. You know what I'm saying? Uh, reiterating the fact that Israel is a legal state, and Israel is a legal state. The land is Palestine. It was taken from the Palestinian people. This is the same dude that wants to build walls and build forts. You can't trust him. And I agree with what you're saying. I think, and but my whole thing now is I know their laws, and I don't know. I'm not going to say I know their laws because I don't. But I know they have laws that if we so-called, because I've heard that argument before, and this is not knocking my Moorish brothers and sisters, but I, I challenge the Moors with this. Y'all niggas been spitting that shit since Noble Joe Ali. If it was effective, nigga, didn't do it. Love you, Moors. I got, man, Damuel L, big love out of Cleveland. My dude, I rock with some more Science Temple cats. I love their enthusiasm. I love their ability to study. But, you know, as a social, cultural African or black or melanated revolutionary, I'm looking at things that fit us practically, that fit us practically. And you can't go to a criminal quoting laws. The system is an illegal system, like I've heard you say before, sister. This system is an illegal system. So you can't go to an illegal system talking about some damn law that affects you. The only thing that anybody understands is power, and that power being economic power, political power, social, cultural power, physical power. 
The only thing respected and understood is power, especially when you deal with the people who have come to authority, have come to establish a supremacy by power. That's the only thing they understand. That's the only language. We can talk all goddamn day. We have some, had some of the most eloquent speakers, from Dr. King to Malcolm X to Adam Clayton Powell to Louis Farrakhan to, I mean, we produce some of the most eloquent, articulate speakers, very charismatic speakers, and these devils haven't heard anything. So this is what I'm saying about what I'm asking the street tribe because a lot of the street tribes possess numbers. They possess the um, people who have pledged their loyalty and their allegiance to a particular way, to a particular ideology, to a particular philosophy, to their knowledge, to their lit, to whatever the hell that they're calling it, to the Constitution, to the Code of Conduct, whatever they call it, they have pledged their allegiance and loyalty to that. So the numbers are there, the, uh, the potential for the um, – um, followers, I don't want to say soldiers, but the potential for the adherence, the adherence of these things, the potential of, for power is there. It's just the direction they're going in. And I agree, and I want to say one thing you said again about the leaders, because I do agree with the corruptible and corrupted black leadership in the so-called black struggle right now. But this is why I'm making, a, again, an appeal to the street tribe, where you at? Because once the masses are informed, you can only lead when people give you the authority to lead. See, once we become informed, we'll start running some of these corrupt leaders up out of here. We'll say, nigga, sit down. Get off that microphone. But it first comes with being informed and having a clear sense of direction. And these and these black people, these brothers and sisters that's adhered to these um, in these street tribes, do they have a clear sense of direction, or have they now become part of the enemy's uh, instruments and tools for our demise and uh, detriment? Let's go back to this um, phone line because I see we back on nephew. I see you came back in. And you want to say something? And I see y'all hold me patient with it. I'm getting there. Yeah, I, I did. I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to uh, address the Lord that was on here. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, basically, you know, I, you know, you have to get with your people. I mean, I got a semi solution. You know, oh, I'm calling from behind the wall. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you got to get with your people, and it got to be some kind of. Department or some kind of specialty. If if you have to remain separate, then there has to be some type of department or somebody's position to address the people. You know what I'm saying? You know that way, yeah. the fam, fam, the family can stay back, and you can have your uh, ambassador, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Deal with the people, and then you know whoever is singled out for that specialty or chosen for that job can bring it back to the fam and address them like that without having to deal with the whole organization. You know what I'm saying? Because I already know the plea of you know, oh, we are who we are. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's you know that's the brother's job, Debbie. That's what he does. The Lord that called in Lord Tamora, he's a spokesman. So you know, okay. Yeah, he's 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 their spokesman, I guess, in the equivalent of an ambassador. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, I, I uh, I'm I'm listening, man. I'm finna go on mute, man. You can keep rolling. I was just speaking on All right, that. All right, All right. Right. Let's go to our. Let's go. I'm gonna go straight to our phone lines because I see you've been holding patiently. Area code 
762-6675. Your mic is open. What's going on, huh? What's going on, nephew? Power to the people, man. Black power, my brother. This is Brother Robert, man, calling from behind the man, wall with nephew. Nephew, man, all power to the people, man. Black power. All What's power to the you? people, my brother. Not much. Just coolly cuz. Just wanted to touch on some of these things, man. And, you know, uh, I really wanted to add in, you know, man, I hate to say it, but in a sense right now, man, you know, we, we really – we really oppressing ourselves on in, in, in certain issues, meaning, you know, all our, right now, man, you know, all our kids and our young adults is really following these musicians, man. And, you know, these musicians, you know, they paint so many fucked up pictures for these youngins, our youngins, man, because, see, they're not really, most of them not really looking up to us. They're looking up to these musicians with these with these cars and these, these, these clothes and these jewels and, and all they mm-hmm. talking about is oppressing us. You feel me? All they talking about yeah. is running off on the plug, shooting each other. They Dracos. They Dracos. And this is influencing uh, you to, to go behind yeah. them, to want to live that lifestyle, you know. So, you know, we I, I, I feel if we could get some kind of way to, to, to go beyond the outer limits and and get with them cats and like, hey man, y'all need to talk about something on one album. It ain't gotta be your whole life, the 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 rest of your life, this is what you speak. But dedicate an album, man, to the people, man. Dedicate an album yeah. to uh uh the good you have done and, and, and what you wanna do for your community or your hood or whatever you want to label it, you know? Make an album yeah. about that or a song, you know what I'm saying? And and, and, and see, we we having to fight against him and these crap, you feel me? Yeah. So that's yeah. that's like that's, that's that's like we just fighting and, 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 and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and there's nothing but losses and losses and losses and losses behind the fights because we, we, we helping them oppress us by the, by the shit we show by the stuff we say by the by the things we do see 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 our brothers and our sisters that's out there really doing the hard work and the moving and the marching and the and the rallies and 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 these shows see 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 it's, it's hard for y'all because on the, the message is only getting to a few see if we can yeah. get something together where we can get this message spread it like like a play like like at one big time through some popular people because, you know, people don't want to listen to me because they don't know me. You know what I'm saying? So uh, uh, yeah. a person to listen to the future before they listen to me, you know? Yeah. So we, 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 we need to find a way to get with these cats to help. If, if we can get help from, 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 a, from, a, from a, bigger, a bigger source, you know, a lot more can get done, you know, in a sense because it's, it's not hard because if you know your worth, do so much better as a person, as an individual. If, if I see my nephew and I'm digging that, I want to move like nephew. So I'm and move with him, and that's how it all starts. That's how it grows. That's how it builds. And it's just hard when you 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 fight against your own people. And you know yeah. it ain't just the music. It's much more. But that's just one part I wanted to really. You know, speak on man on on is is a fight when you got to fight them and us. 
you know what I'm saying, right. at the same time, man. And like you said, I grew up in that era where our neighborhood was all everything. You can't come over here and sell drugs. You can't come over here and break in no house. We cut Aunt Susie's yard, the, the, the neighbor's yard. We see those bills when they get cut off. We pay those bills. We fix their car. We keep the crime yeah. out of the neighborhood. We stick together as a people. And now it's not a it, it, it's not about that. It's about me shooting you because you got a hundred dollars more than me, or your shoes yeah. was eighty dollars more than mine. And see, that's the mindset that our younger brothers could see. You know, like you said, you know, I'm OG, you double OG. You feel me? So so we done not see yeah. and we done came, but the ones that's coming behind behind us. Those are the ones that we need on on their shit. You feel me? Yes. Those are the ones yes. that's gonna lead our kids when God forbid our yes. time come or whatever the case may be. So you know we need to reach them and and, and get all these Dracos out their mind and 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 all this. You know, wanna hold your hold your sister down and and, and call her this and call her that when. We need our sisters. We need to uplift our sisters because our sisters are everything. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Our sisters That's are right. everything, so we're supposed to protect and uplift them and not down and degrade them. You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to touch on that, man, and let you know. You know, I'm tuning in with you, with you every every week, man. And you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to get trying to get in there with y'all, man, you know, get my passion for me, man. you know what I'm saying? So, oh, man, you, that, that, man, that's where I'm trying to go, you feel me? Because yeah, I know, you know, you know I, can, I can do good for my people, and I want to, man, because it's time. I done did so much fucked up to my people because I didn't know better. I ain't know my worth, you feel me? See, now I know yeah. my worth, man, and I know I know how beautiful our people is and how beautiful a life could be if we just stop want to drink on each other and, and take from each other, man. And it's it's just embedded in us. I, I hate it, but it is. It's embedded in us to under eye each other. It's it was it was it was planted in us to to, to envy each other and, and go against each other. Like back in the day we used to help them cracks catch us to sell us to other folks. So it's been in us to to do this but the shit can be uprooted. You feel me? It's, it's it's not a permanent seed, but it takes some. It, it takes a bulldozer to uproot it. You feel me? Because it's it's, it's generations and generations inside. You feel me? Yep, that's real talk. You know, when we looking at and too, I like that point, nephew. When you talk about us, the music influence. One of the the, the biggest things is we have sold our soul. Especially those of us that came up in the street drive. My man Snoop Dogg said something, man, that I, I really appreciated in one of his rap songs. He said, he said, um, what he said? He said, since we talking, for all you crip niggas, for all you niggas, stop crip walking. That go for you too and R&B singers, nigga, quit crip walking if you ain't a gang. Now, when they took a part of the ritual, and it became, I'm going to put you on mute real quick, nephew. Um, Come on. When they, took, when they took something that was a part of a tradition, part of a ritual, they did that. It was a certain time that that was done. A lot of times when they knocked the nigga out or something like that, and they start making it commercial, then it lost its value. It lost its what it was about. 
and I love to see it because what ended up happening then was a lot of crip dudes, a lot of the homies, start breaking niggas' jaws if niggas was seawalking and couldn't spit they shit. They was like, nigga, you ain't got no right doing it. This ain't no the cabbage patch or the running man, nigga. This ain't no damn dance. This is a part of damn near like a religious cultural practice that you're doing. So, we, you know, we find these street tribes have sold out. And when they sell out, the reason that these niggas talking about these Dracos and talking all this dumb shit is because they have the leaders of these street tribes are endorsing and backing them. They on it, I'm blood, I'm crip, and they talking this dumb shit. I go to the leaders and say, man, you need to check them niggas. See, back in the day, you couldn't do or say what the hell you wanted to do or say and say you represented a certain set or a certain nation. There's been no more accountability and responsibility from leadership. And one of the reasons is because leadership is getting paid. They don't have the best interests of the people at heart. And in this information age, in this so-called information age, leaders are not picked because of, you know, it used to lead. It was us that said, you know, this is the big homie. He put in the work. We know that they care. We know they love the community. It's because some nigga can come spit some shit that he probably didn't got off the motherfucking internet, and they a bitch. They a bitch. They the main ones pointing the fingers and telling when the shit hits the fan. The leadership is faulty. It's not just faulty leadership in the black conscious community. It's faulty leadership throughout the whole black community. People have sold out. There's been no vision, no direction, and no focus. You know, one of the things that I learned when I was coming up in the street tribe is that my allegiance and my loyalty wasn't to a nigger. It was to the nation that I belonged to. So if the so-called leader was breaking the Constitution or breaking the code of conduct, then it was respond- It was up to us, the membership, to check the damn leader. Yo, man, this ain't what the laws say, dog. This ain't cuz. This ain't how it's supposed to rock, low. And we would check that nigga. And if he didn't want to reform, then God forbid. And that's I'm leaving it at that. But it was over holding up the morals and standards of the nation. I don't think that these so-called street tribes now, I'm questioning the morals, the ethics, and the standards. If they still possess those, and if they still possess those, where is the membership that has pledged allegiance to the right and exact, the righteous codes of conduct, the righteous constitutions, the righteous uh, acknowledging the literature, the righteous uh, understanding of the knowledge. It's not. They have sold out to materialism, and these misinformed, uninformed, coward-ass niggas don't say anything because they're just happy to belong to something. They're just happy. I'm a blood. I'm a crip. They're so happy to belong to something that they don't stand for anything, and that's one of our biggest problems. So those of us that have come from that, see, also, those of us that have come from that have to take that banner back from the so-called conscious community because it's not just the street tribes. You find this perpetration and infiltration of coward-ass, bitch-ass niggas in the so-called enlightened conscious community. I've never – let me tell you something for my listeners out there. I've never had to tolerate so many lame-ass niggas since I have joined the Panthers. I don't know who's giving these Negroes patches and buttons. Please, if you're a Panther formation out there and you keep letting these niggas in your formation, please run a little more vigorous and rigorous standard of letting, because I am tired of talking to Lane. So the whole thing has collapsed around us. Now it's time for us, the real brothers and sisters, who love our people and still have a love for the nation that have molded us and gave us a sense of direction to come in and to check both sides. 
2018, my philosophy is the rise of the real nigga. 2018 is the rise of the real nigga and the real sisters, the real brothers, those of us that stand for something, that are willing to donate our time, our economics, and even if necessary, our life, our flesh, our blood, whatever we call it, for the cause, for the advancement of black people. Shit got to stop. It has to stop. Let's go back on the line. I see that uh, Sister Kim is back on the line. Sister Kim, your mic is open. Go for Seven seven six five. Your mic is open. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to clear something up. You know, dang on well, I don't advocate no Donald Trump. What I'm saying is, human rights. If we pay more attention to human rights and stop trying to individualize our rights according to color and culture, then we will be able to make a detrimental change because all of these separating things that are being used, it wouldn't be in our way in order for us to bring to the table all of our techniques in order to have a revolution. So when I say that, I said as far as him opening doors, meaning he's moving some of the enemies out of our way, that's their fight. We're not in their fight. But it is a time of convenience for us to be able to take a stand for ourselves and move all the rest of the issues out of our community. When I advocate, when I, when I brought that up, I mean going after the police force, going after the judges, all of the corruption, all the things that we could have been using because RICO wasn't just vote for a nigga. RICO was actually vote for government officials. But we allowed them to use certain things against us because we're not paying attention to what they're to what they um what's being written. So what I'm trying to say is the stuff that's being used against us, we gotta study certain laws in order to destroy those laws. When I spoke about us coming together um under unity under a law, I meant common law. Common law meaning the laws of the land and all of that stuff. I don't care nothing about no noble jewelries or no more science temple because I know that they wrote the constitution and they're affiliated with the government. And their ways of what we consider to be sovereign is not the way of what revolutionaries are trying to go down. So I'm not advocating any of that. But I am asking everybody to look closely to certain things that are being changed so we can be able to use methods in order to get around certain things and separate ourselves from this government totally. So that's what I meant when I said he opened doors for certain things to be moved out of our way in order for us to be able to build a structure. And first of all, we got to build a military. I hear what everybody's saying, but when the white man took everything away from us, three things that they were very grateful for, one, free labor, because they was up under us learning everything that we knew, and also new tactics on how to twist it so we could forget how we actually created it. Secondary, the resources that we used to do it with, not only just to start doing the things that they were doing to destroy us, but also to be able to support all the people that they recruited in order to be in their military. And then they armed themselves so they wouldn't harm themselves. So when you look at the government, they're multicultural. They have somebody in every department working with the Chinamen and all of that. They are heavily armed forces, and they have multiple resources. We can't do anything without those things. So I'm just saying, even if now we get all the black people together and all this stuff, we talk to the street tribes and all of that, Street tribes don't want to know where the food is. Street tribes still got to feed their kids. Street tribes still got a certain way of living, and it's called life. So until we come up with some type of platform, one, to free all niggas in prison. 
I understand y'all saying don't pay attention to laws, but we got to because there are certain things. A lot of these brothers in jail under the RICO Act shouldn't be there. A lot of these brothers got extensive bail amounts. A lot of their so-called things that shouldn't be written in order to coerce them to be into these prison systems can be destroyed and overturned. But it's all about us coming together. You got to first free your niggas before you go to war. It's just like Bobby said, how the hell are we going to shoot people up and Huey locked up? We can't do that. We got most of the real niggas locked up. The leaders out here today, like you said, a bunch of pussy niggas. They do a lot of talking to rhetoric. They get real loud on the microphone. But I done been right out here with a lot of them that are folded from the day getting a damn traffic ticket. So at the end of the day, we need to pay attention more or less to freeing those that we know will be able to be beneficial to the organization. Julian was buying the niggas out. Julian was in the courtroom. Julian was going to the Congress destroying them, not participating. Julian was not here advocating voting. He was advocating our own independent organizations in order for us to be able to move strategically to help everybody that's oppressed. That's why he also, you know, dealt with people like the Brazilian pastors, the Australian pastors. We got to get out of all these rhetoric. Let's tell the truth about all the things that the pastors really did. Let's stand strong on the platform that they built. And we can make some changes in 2018. But all that rah shit ain't going to be nothing to keep getting niggas killed, locked up, and hungry out here in these streets because nobody had came up with how are we going to deal with our soldiers once we get them. So I hear what all y'all saying, but, you know, so we get 100 loaves of bread or something, five fish like they fake-ass Jesus did, then we're going to have a problem. Or our law, whatever they got going on out here. Even God got detrimental issues. He stole motherfuckers to death. And he feed all his people. So with that being said, I'm just saying I think we need to pay more attention on the higher aspects of life. Because when we start some type of military and do the shit the right way and get resources to feed our people and free our niggas, never ignore again goals accomplished. Not niggas, but our niggas. Then we'll make change. We'll have people that's going to fight. Ain't nobody who's going to fight for freedom like a nigga who's been through the struggle. So I'm intellectual niggas, these bookworm niggas, these sounding good niggas. I feel funny with them anyway. They called Jesse Jackson and Martin, and they asked them to stop the movement when the niggas started fighting. Well, they told them straight up, we didn't start it, boss, so how we going to stop it? Niggas thinking on their own right now because everywhere we turn, street tribes, and my mouth focused to my ears because I'm affiliated with the street tribe and been that way for years. Everywhere we turn to try to get assistance, everywhere we want to go to think that there's going to be change, we get more rhetoric from these intellectual, cultural, wannabe, passive-ass, walk-a-straight-line, religious Negroes than we can ever get them being in the street. So if it's me and my homie against me and them haters, it's just going to have to be me and my homie. And until we understand what the street tribes are going through, then it will always be used to escalate certain things that, all of us as black people, if that's what we call ourselves, we need to stop advocating that shit. We need to quit getting out there talking about the street tribes and doing this, the drug dealers is doing that. That's bullshit. That's just what the fuck they put in tail-eyes visually in their media, in their outlet, to keep all of us separated from the real warriors that are bust they guns and fuck they shit up. So at the end of the day, I don't see anything that they doing wrong. I just see that there's no message from the so-called leadership that's supposed to be the ones that's building our council or building our government. So when these street tribes do bust a nigga, we got somewhere to put them, and they don't end up in prison. Or if they do have to go up in the government and take some shit, because, I mean, we talk about this every day. We can't be quiet about it. They listen. 
So I'm just saying, and I'm going to end this briefly, until we as the ones who so-called educated build something about all the rhetoric and shit, the same thing they get from the media and all the cultural people that are talking about them, we're never going to make change. Let's, let's go out here and talk about these pharmaceuticals and all these drugs and opioids that's killing our people. Niggas don't want to talk about that because they're too scared of goddamn, you know, Bilderberg who's blowing their shit up. Niggas don't want to talk about the nation of Islam killing a thousand of our motherfucking leaders that was trying to make change because they're too afraid of relinquishing their title. So when we get out of all of that shit, that's when we'll make change. And again, power to all the people. Power to the people. You know, I, 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 I agree with I agree with some of the I agree with some of the stuff you're saying. I really do. I think that the unifying factor though is gonna be the survival. That's the bottom line. We've come up with like I like you're saying, all these so called intellectual Negroes, all these great revolutionary strategists and uh tacticians and all of this shit, they can come up with these plans and shit. But if it is not about the base not even food, clothes and shelter, we're even below that and that's the survival the continuation of black people, African people, melanated people here in America. That's what is, is the bottom line. Even when we look at the founding of this country, it wasn't they got together and was like, you know what, we want to create a nation, we want to go. They said we want to survive. And when they got over here, they band together to survive. And then once they begin to survive and thrive, they begin to see ain't no point in us paying taxes to motherfuckers across the seas. Now we want independence. We have to first begin, so like you're saying, that's starting the army shit and going fighting this and that. With our mindset now, the only thing we would do is turn on one another, even if we did get our own, because we haven't got in the mindset of it is about survival, about the continuation of us as a people, not us as an individual. And so I agree with that. I think that human rights has always been the issue with us. You know, and we have to elevate that, and we have to push for that human rights. But we have to push to make sure that they understand that the the human rights of black people in America are being violated. I think that African people, black people in America, we are, we have been accustomed to neglecting ourselves so much that even in oppression, we will fight for every other motherfucker but us. We won't go say, hey, you know what, we'll fight for Palestine, we'll fight for gay rights. We'll fight for women rights. Hell, we'll fight for the damn rights of animals. Motherfuckers will tell you that them pit bulls got more rights. So we'll fight for the rights of animals and put our rights on the back burner. We have to say, hey, you know what? Us as black people specifically, the descendants of Africans, us, 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 whatever we call it ourselves, the motherfucker that look like us, us. Because at the bottom line, it doesn't matter what you call yourself. It's us and it's them. And it will always be us and them because this is a country based on racial constitution. It was based on the discrimination, the exploitation, and oppression of people who didn't look like white men. These motherfuckers are so savage that they oppress their own women. It ain't even just white supremacy. It's white male supremacy. They're sexist and they're chauvinist. So this is what this country was founded on, and I don't think as black people we should ever forget founded on. I don't care what their language is. You can talk to somebody, but you say, you know what, I know your nature. I hear what you're saying, but I see what you do. Your very nature is a wicked and corrupted nature, and it will exploit me. It will oppress me. It will murder me. It will maim me. There will never be anything I can achieve or accomplish that you will accept me totally and include me wholeheartedly and sincerely into your society. There are two societies in America. There's a white society and a black society. And to counter that, 
we begin to sort to see where the street tribes came from. When we go back and start to study the history of the street tribes, a lot of that was to counteract the discrimination and exploitation of black people, especially when we start looking out west and looking uh, in the Midwest, Chicago, as we migrated from the south and started um, being around more Irish and Italian and white people, we had to band together against the discrimination that, that, that we were facing. But when they started, when they flipped the script, when they began to understand that they couldn't overtly find a way to have us to contribute uh, contribute to our own self-destruction, they hit us with materialism. And that's what we find a lot of our people subscribing to now, materialism, material possession, even at the destruction of African people. I agree with you. We need to free a lot of, the, a lot of our brothers and sisters in there who are political prisoners. You know, but we can't turn a blind eye to some of these brothers and sisters in these street tribes that are a de- detriment to the community. Coming from Cleveland, out of scene, the niggas get to shoot and they can't shoot. They're killing babies. They're killing babies. They're shooting in the house to get a damn enemy. They're killing the mama, the daddy, the grandmama, the auntie, and the uncle for one nigga. Some of these motherfuckers have went too goddamn far. So we can't excuse them. There has to be a limit and a line drawn in the sand for us in the black community saying, hey, you know what, I'm the black community, and you setting us back. There's no way that the community should be fearful of you, should be terrorized, because you got all the military weapons, and then as soon as the police come, you're dropping weapons, falling on the ground, begging, yes, officer, yes, your honor, no, sir, yes, ma'am. But you'll come and you'll murder a brother for which way his cap is or what color he got on. We're saying that that's a sickness. So I'm telling the brothers and sisters that's in the street tribes, either reform your ways, change your ways, get some direction, get some focal point, or let us know blatantly, don't be a coward about it, let us know blatantly, I'm an enemy to the black community. Just come out and say it. See, it's the time for going into 2018, it needs to be an end of straddling the fences. It can't be any more straddling the fences. I'm not going to say that selling drugs is going to end overnight. But what I am saying that everything starts with a moral and ethical consciousness. So even if you're doing some amount of dirt or causing some harm to the black community, at the very least, the very least, it should disturb your conscience. It should bother you. It should motivate you to try to find a way to get out of that life that is causing this harm to the community. Man, let me brag. I have to brag on two of my nephews, two of my little homies that I, you know, that I personally raised up in this thing. And one of the things, and, 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 and they little crib homies. And one of the things that I constantly implemented and talked to them about and mentored them about and advised them about was the detriment of the black community. Am I saying they didn't do that dirt? No, I'm not saying that. I'm sure they did plenty of dirt. But as they got older and those words begin to sink in, now I can proudly say I can go to one of their restaurants. They have a restaurant. I can go get my hair cut. The other one has a barbershop. They have flipped the script and began to fight the struggle by becoming legitimate businessmen and taking some of this money and investing it back into the struggle. See, it's not just going straight into their pocket for individualism or materialism. 
And this is what we say, that it first starts with that consciousness. And once that consciousness kicks in, then they begin to, um, when the consciousness kicks in, you begin to look for action to appease your soul. When your soul is troubled, you're going to do things to bring peace to the soul. But if your soul is not troubled at murdering people that look just like you, you're disturbed. In fact, you're a danger to us. You know, I'm not going to say stuff doesn't happen, but at the very least, there has to be a consciousness. And for those brothers and sisters that are conscious, we have to bring awareness. We have to stir the consciousness of the other brothers and sisters that are in the so-called institutions, organizations, street tribes, gangs, whatever they're being called. We have to stir that consciousness. And then we have to have some kind of accountability in our community for the consciousness for the so-called con community, like the sister said, we have to get out of the empty rhetoric. We want to sit and we want to drop knowledge all the time. No, there has to be a consequence for their action when you're causing detriment to the black community. It might even have to come to the point where we'd be so bad, they'd be begging for you to call the police. Man, just call the police on me. Don't turn me over to them brothers and sisters because they'll rip me from limb to limb. We have to begin to start loving our people. We make too many excuses for our people based on skin complexion. And we know the old adage, the old saying, all my skin folk ain't my kin folk. So that's where it comes in. That's what we begin have to start to become being aware of. And it boils down to the very basic essential, which is survival and continuance of a race. It, I mean, it doesn't get any more plainer than that. It is about race survival. And what has happened to a people, what kind of people? You know, I mean, we have to really look in the mirror and ask ourselves this question, brothers and sisters. What kind of people or what kind of person have have I become personally or we become as a collective that we no longer care for people who look like us? That it is easy to see the downfall and the destruction, the detriment of people that look like us. So much to the point now that even when we see things happening to us on the street, before we try to intervene, before we try to give words of wisdom, before we even physically step in and try to uh, create a change, we will pull out our cell phones and begin to film it. We are entertained by our own stupidity and destruction, by our own barbarity. We, 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 we become entertained by that. We advertise, I hear niggas holler out, world star, we advertise for other people based on some shit that is happening that is horrendous to people of African descent, to black people. We've become insane. That's insanity. You'll find no other people doing that. And then we wonder why they murder us unarmed with no recourse because they have already dehumanized us. They have already painted us out to be monsters. So when we're murdered in the streets, you don't find an outcry of the masses of people, not just black people, but humanity, saying that that was unjust, that was wrong, this is wrong, what we're doing to people, because we allow people to control our image and we contribute to that uh, stereotype that they are removed from that. Our children die in mass numbers. Yield due to gun violence. We, I mean, our children, I can 
think of five or six incidents in Cleveland where young people under the age of five were murdered in shootouts and gun violence, and nothing is ever really said, maybe a brief mention in the news, a quick headline in the paper. Our children, but as soon as one of these crackers walk into a school and kill two children, we got to stop guns. We must ban on assault rifles because the world sees them as human. They won't allow people to take their image and to portray them other than what they want to be. Look at their movies. They're action heroes. They do everything. These motherfuckers in the movies fight aliens, fight evil gods. They karate kung fu people. I've seen Steven Seagal in one Seagal movie. He whooped every Jamaican's ass. I mean, he just went through kicking Jamaican's ass like, man, you wouldn't believe. So they always come out heroic. And then turn around and see our movies. And our movies, we always the nigger, the bad guy, the criminal, the villain. Some gangster thug ass nigger who don't give a damn about his family. He don't give a flying fuck about his family, about poisoning and killing the community. He does anything. And so when they murder us in real life, there's no recall, there's no repercussion, there's no compassion for that because he's a nigger. And that's how they feel. Let's go to our phone lines, 859-1092. Your mic is open. All power to the people. All power to the people, Queen. <laughs> hey, this is Queen hey. Nikki Williams. I'm the founder and chair of the Black Panther Party Queen. I'm also the general of the Black Panther Party Black Guards. Um, but I, I enjoy this show. I just wanted to kind of jump in there, and, you know, I, I got much respect for, you know, everybody that's been on the line, and I've been listening to what they're saying, and, um, you know, people do do low-key stuff. You know, and I had my, my run with the street tribe, you know what I'm saying? I had people throw little low-key things like black liberation opposes oppression, democracy, and kind of touching on stuff that I know that they really don't know what they're talking about, I guess to acknowledge that they know what I used to do. But I'm also the daughter of an original panther. So at the end of the day, I was born a panther. I'm a die panther, you know, as well. And I don't think people really have a lot of understanding of the street types. So with that being said, I do have a radio show, which you know about, and um, the Black Panther Party, Queens Radio. And I would, I, I would really quick, like to – Come on. It's on Sundays. It's Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern. And um, I'll put the number up, you know, so you can share it or whatever, because I don't really know about heart. I do so much. I'll be boots on the ground. But I've been sick here lately, so. But um, I would really like to, you know, have a lot of people that's on this show come on and talk to a different crowd of people. You know what I'm saying? Because I have a lot, a full house of people that actually come on that show. Because it is family friendly, but I will schedule it so, you know, they can get a heads up. Don't be having on speaker or whatever so your children can actually hear how, how things going to be said, but I really don't feel like people really understand, you know what I'm saying? Because if you ain't have to been, ever been out there in the streets, you just don't know. You know, uh, Yang, do you know me and you as cubs? We kind of like rebellious preacher kids, you know what I'm saying? That's how yep. we ended up in different areas, you know what I'm saying? That's how we ended up in a different tribe for, you know, periods of time. But, I mean, people really don't understand, and I think the way that this show has explained a lot of stuff for those who are not familiar 
I think I, I do have uh, some listeners that did really need to know because I, I don't have my – I ain't got nothing to hide. You know what I'm saying? I don't have – but I know it's a lot of hotheads, and I know you can go clashing with each other because it's really going to be about the mindset. You have to have that love for your people. See, I got enough love for my people that I can get past those little low-key things that said to me. But, you know, you have your moments where you might want to, okay, well, we want to go with this. And I can see what you're saying, but 2018, we've got to do something different. This is a real serious matter. We've got to do something different. And we have to get it to where everybody can eat, where we can eat and give this a full-time process. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm working with some of the originals with. We fixing it to where we could give in this full time, but everybody's eating. Everybody's taking care of their family. So, you know, be able to get on that show and kind of drop some of this knowledge. I, I will really appreciate it. You know, you might want to kind of set that up and get with me on that, and, and, and let's do that. Let's make it happen. Let's do something good. Let's make some real stuff pop. Man, that's what's up all about to the people. <clears throat> that's absolutely what's up. And we'll do that. And like I said, it's um, Queen Nikki, Black Panther Party Queen, founder of the Black Panther Party Queen, general of the Black Panther Party, Black Guard. Our show comes on Sundays at 7. Check it out, man. I check out the shows when I have the opportunity, and they're always informative. Um, and, you know, the sister setting this up because this is a serious topic. You know, we have to address this. This is a real thing in our community. We have street tribes. We have all of that. This is a real you know, something that's really happening. And in 2018, you know, my thing is, look, ain't no straddling the fence. 2018, rise of the real niggas. You know what I'm saying? We we drawing our line in the sand. You either with us. My boy Pac said you either ride with us or you collide with us. We don't have no, no more time for this playing shit. We talk about the originals, the originals, third about those of you out there in these pants and formations, you and them, this, that. They didn't play that shit. You heard the sister, she came up. Her um, father, Comrade Macklemore, founder of the Black Guards, you know, was in my history books that, you know, was outstanding movement, uh, and they didn't play. Me coming up Panthers, for those that came up and was influenced by the Panthers, one of the things that we know, and not just even if you didn't come up a cub, those students of the Panthers know that they didn't play. They didn't play. And here we go playing. We didn't intellectualize the revolution and we talking the revolution out and we going through all of these things, but we're not making demands. We're not holding people to accountability. We're not drawing lines in the goddamn sand. Like my homie said, man, like my little nephew Robert said, you know what I'm saying? That, uh, yo, it got to be, it, it, it got to be some lines in the sand, got to be some accountability. You know? Let's go back. I see that uh, Sister Kim. Once you come back in again, your mic is open. Yeah, but yeah, I just wanted to um, see if that sister can give out her radio information again, and I was trying to get the information on what organization she's with. Uh, the Black Panther Party Queen. Black Panther Party okay. Queen. And she didn't have the number right off her head, right off hand, but what I would do, us program is Sundays at 7 what I do is she posted on Facebook for those of our, you know, can you go to Queen Nick Williams, my guy, Ubatu? Um, I kind of, we, we, we are restriction in Atlanta for 90 days off of, off of social media. So if it's possible, can you just kind of text me the number? Okay. When I get the radio program number, I'll, I'll text you. know, and it's worth Thank it. Thank you, Pass it around. Any I advocate any real 
Panthers out there that's spitting that real knowledge. Like I said, being a member of the original up under one of her mentors is also um, one of my mentors, part of the International Council, original Panther, Brother Birdsong. So we still, you know, dealing with a lot of these people. So it's very informative. You know, I would advise um, checking out the show it, because I tell you, you won't be disappointed. Um, and this is, and, and, and that's what I'm putting, put your mic on mute, Sister Kim. And that's what it's about. You know, if we're saying that we want revolution, we want to change. Revolution, in the term that I'm using now, is a complete and constructive change from the system that is currently contributing to our oppression and our exploitation. If we want to change, and then at the same, the same breath, saying we acknowledge the ways of the original Panther, then it's incumbent upon us, it's obligatory upon us to begin to enact some of them ways. And if need be to modify and to add to some of them ways, but we can't do something completely different. We can't be punk asses. See, that's what gets me. You got a lot of these punk ass brothers and sisters that don't ain't about nothing but want to ride the legacy of real revolutionary movements and don't want to challenge the the uh, status quo. Even that being the street tribes. One of my I have two heroes. Two I have a lot of heroes but two main people that influenced my direction in practicing revolutionary philosophy and revolutionary activity was my man, the big homie, Bunchy Carter, who was a Slauson, was a Slauson nigga, one of the, you know, um, the Crips even contributed to him to being one of the great contributors to the ideology and philosophy of Crippin, Bunchy Carter, who became um, uh, the chairperson of the L.A. Panthers. But he was a Slauson gangster. Street tribe, and my other one who really greatly influenced me was Deputy Chairman Fred Hampton Sr., Illinois, uh, Illinois, Chicago, Illinois Black Panther Party for Self Defense, who came up with the original Rainbow Coalition. I ain't talking about the homosexual flag Rainbow Coalition. I'm not talking about Messy Jesse's Rainbow Coalition. I'm talking about the real Rainbow Coalition between the uh, uh, Vice Lords. The uh, at that time, the uh, before they was there, looking, there was the Black Keystone Nation, Gangster Disciples, Chicago. He organized them so effectively that they ran Mayor Daly up out of Chi Town. So they understood the power of the lumpen proletariat, the power of the street truck, and they understood that these, this could be a revolutionary force if these brothers and sisters was politicized. But they had no fear and going in and attempting to politicize them. See, right now we want to shake hands and say kumbaya with every goddamn body. We don't want to step on no toes for whatever fear, fear of. But you may have to step on a few toes and say, look, this ain't what it's about. We have to get to these leaders. I ain't saying go on the corner and speak to every gang member on the corner. Some of them knuckleheads don't know what the hell's going on. They don't know they ass from a hole in the ground. But these so-called leaderships, if you're an effective revolutionary, if you're really doing the work in your community, like I know even Sister Kim does and how we used to rock in Atlanta, if you're doing the work in your community, you can go to these leaders and be respected because they know you're not on the bullshit. They're like, well, you know, Yanga, now you do do the work, bro. I don't always agree with what you say, but you're about your business. And you can say, hey, man, look, you need to hold your boys accountable. Or at the very least, what's going on? Can we open a dialogue? at least go to some of these leaders and begin to open a dialogue with them so that we can start to affect a positive and constructive change. Man, these two hours flew by. But they say that's what happens when you 
having a good time and a great time, and I always love sharing with my brothers and sisters. Listen, this is your boy, National Chairman Yang Nkrumah, People's Black Panther Party. Came to you on a Thursday. Be looking for us on Thursdays, what I call the forum, which is real talk. You know what I'm saying? I advise, like the sisters say, we're going to advise that there's going to be some abrasive and some, uh, what they call a verbiage alert. It's going to be some cuts. It's going to be whatever, because this is your opportunity to rap. Tuesdays, check us out at 8 o'clock for political education. But on Thursdays, man, the real talk, the real talk. And this is what we're giving you Thursday. Thank everyone for taking out of their busy day. I know this is Kwanzaa. People are doing their events. I got things to do after I get off the phone, but I had to take this time to do the radio program. So I want to thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening in, all the contributors, all those people that uh, contributed. Yo, my homie, nephew, both of my nephews behind enemy lines, keep your head up, man. We love you. Free them all. And like I, I leave you as I greet you with all powers to oppress people, African power to an African people, and black motherfucking power. One time. Yo, all I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one God to show me how to do things his son did. Pure, like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151. One sip will make a nigga flip. Writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence. Who I'm gon' body this hood politics, acknowledging. Leave bodies chopped up in garbage. Seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us. Police watch us, roll up and try knocking us. One Money I duck, could it be my time is up? With my luck, I got up. The cops shot again. Bus stop glass burst, a fiend drops his Heineken. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in. Blacking out, I shoot back. Fuck getting hit. This is my hood, I'm a rat. To the death of it, to everybody, come on. Little niggas is grown, hood rats. Don't abortion your wound. We need more warriors soon. Sit from the stars, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chase. The street sweepers and coppers. Sick up kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you're ready to die. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.